Welcome to the journey with Mpop Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpop. Hello, everyone. We are back with a second installment of In a Room. Episode 42 was the first of this fun, no real rules game. And it was a hit, but don't take my word for it. Go and listen to episode 42, then come back here for this episode. Without further ado, let me give our guests an opportunity to introduce themselves and the country that they're representing. Elvira Francis, Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, Trinidad in the house. I never thought about it. You all know me as Temple Divine. I've traveled to many countries and I've been raised with many cultures. I am more of a neutral party and I have just a little essence of everywhere that I have been and lived. So I'm gonna go with that one. Oh, yeah. Temple's bringing a little bit of everywhere that she's been. <laughs> yeah, we like that. We like that. And I am your host, Mpo, representing South Africa, Ukokowamumzulu, and my mother is Susutu. We're hanging out. Okay, so I'll be honest in saying this. This installment was hard for me to title because I was tempted to title it Three Powerful Black Women in a Room, or like Three Patriots in a Room, but then I settled with like Three Nationalities in a Room but then temples kind of representing a bunch of nationalities. So it's gonna be good. We have that infamous bowl in the front. So we're probably gonna start off with Elvira mixing up the bowl for us and pick a question. But before that, I'm gonna set my timer because I always say 45 minutes and we always go over 45 minutes. So today I'm sticking to time. Let's see, <laughs> the bowl's been mixed. <laughs> And we have timer set for 45 minutes. Let's go. Describe the poetry community in your country. So this is Temple. I'll start with that one. As a African-American, the poetry community in my country um, originally was the news. They were the news that people couldn't receive. It was so scrambled, it was too difficult to understand. However, for all of those who didn't, it was relayed in poem and rhyme. Okay. Um, so I keep that history of news being the history or the news. Yeah. And since then, it has evolved with um, like the Renaissance and just different things that went mm -hmm. on, um, whether it was song or, or just words that rhyme mm -hmm. with other places that I've been poetry for me has been like in Germany poetry has been 
a way for me to adapt and a way for me to be accepted um, in other countries. Yeah. So especially like Germany, Europe, those type of places. Mm-hmm. I have friends who didn't speak English. However, we communicate through mm-hmm. like poetry or like different art forms. Yeah. So that's what poetry is for me. And with those countries. Yeah. I would say in Trinidad and Tobago, I left when I was 16. So as an adult, I have not lived there. But mm. you are taught to rhyme from the time you are small. Mm. Because we are the land of rhythm and rhyme. Mm. Everything that we do results in a song. We have a song for everything. Mm. And so as children... Is essential for you to learn these things in school. Every child is pushed towards the arts in addition to academics. So now I know in recent times there is a big poetry scene down there. A lot of the poets are a lot of our musical artists. And so a lot of our poetry ends up in our songs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think I definitely resonate with the point that Poetry is music. And when you're in South Africa and you see American musicians on television, you're like, wow. I think about Eminem and I'm like, he's just basically an angry poet. Like when you think about it, right? And I personally was never actively involved in the poetry community in South Africa. So I always thought, ugh, it's non-existent. But when you put music as a form of poetry, I'm like, well, I could see that. My country is definitely into poetry in a big way. Hmm. The next question. Ooh, it looks like a loaded question. It is. <laughs> is the world's perception of your country aligned with what your people's perception of your country is? No. Hmm. No. No. Yeah. Living, living in Europe with the world thought of me as a black person in Europe was either fame, like Dorothy Dandridge type, Mm -hmm. or was anarchy, like the crumble of the the Berlin Wall. Um, And there's not much in between. There wasn't much in between when I was there. That that has changed. It's been years. Um, Me, as an African-American woman... No. (laughs) Um, What the world takes African-American people as is such a stereotype. And there's so many, um, so many boxes that were put in. And the world has no idea. It's starting to change now. However, previously it was only, only people knew what they saw. Mm-hmm. on like music videos and things of that nature mm-hmm. and even when I would travel to um, other countries especially like coming here in like Asian like Asian countries like Asian people when they would see me mm-hmm. because I'm brown skin with locks and I have a rump and I have thick <laughs> thighs I would have women Asian women who just want to come take a picture with me mm-hmm. and they want me to turn around And they want to, like, touch my hair. And they want to... But they've never seen someone like me other than TV. So they're like, you're real? You know, and it's like, but is it fake? And, you know, like... And so, yeah, so what I have been... 
I would say for myself, especially being an African-American woman, because they can, we can be, we can, we formed into so many different types mm. of women being an African-American woman because there's so many mixes mm. and we've been mixed so many times. Um, I think there's often times where we have like a stigma. Like if I speak in another language, people are like, how does she know those things? Or why is she doing that? And I oftentimes was like, oh, I was raised in it. Or yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with this. And they're like, but are you really? Yeah. You know, and so I'm, I'm questioned when I'm, when I'm cultured. Mm. As an African-American woman, I'm questioned when I'm cultured. Mm. That's what I'd say about that. So in contrast to that, when I get somewhere and people, as soon as they hear me talk, they go, you speak with an accent. Where are you from? I say, mm. oh, Trinidad and Tobago. Oftentimes they know the country and they go, oh, the happy people. Mm. Oh, the soca people. Yeah. Oh, the music people. Yeah. People often know that Trinidad is the land of happiness, sunshine, music, carnival. Mm. Our people are always light and happy. Even if we're facing turmoil, we will always put on a song. Mm -hmm. We'll offer you some rum. We want to dance. Mm -hmm. And people know that. Yeah. They know we have sexy accents, mm -hmm. beautiful women, mm -hmm. really good food. <laughs> <laughs> so unlike okay. the black woman, the African-American woman, because yeah. I've experienced that also in other places where people just want to touch you because they see this tone of skin that they've only seen on TV or this type of hair or this body shape. Mm. When they hear how I speak and they realize, oh, she's not actually from America, but she's from this place. Mm. They know like, oh, yes, she's one of those Trinidadian people, those happy carnival people. Yeah. People know the carnival country. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Temple, you raise such a good point when you say they look at the TVs and they see the music videos and they develop their stereotypes from that because I think I too was at fault and came under the same kind of perception. I was like, oh, I want to go to America. Like, I want to see all the Little Wayne, you know, girls that are in the music video and like, you know, R. Kelly's and whatever. Not a good time to mention him, but yeah. <laughs> you get the point. And it was... A bad stereotype because I now recognize how much culture there is to being African-American. Mm. Um, to speak on the flip side for South Africa, I think every time someone who hasn't been to Africa or has not heard about Africa hears that I'm from Africa, the initial reaction is like, oh, so like, what about the animals? I'm like, uh, <laughs> we live in a city but when they advertise africa for tourism it's like go on safari go ahead and do these things so i think people think that we live with like these animals in our homes and so i've started to joke and be like slightly irritated like yeah i own a lion my mom has a couple you, know? like, you should come ride it sometime i'm like what the hell and then there's like the real questions where people don't have Fortunately for you as an American woman, you've traveled. But mm -hmm. I feel like not a lot of people travel outside of America because yeah. there's so many states to explore. Right. So every time I say I'm from South Africa, they're like, well, where is it? I'm like, uh, so like, you know, the African continent? <laughs> like, do you know where East, South, Western is? It's, 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 like, it's at the bottom. At the and they're like, oh. And I'm like, look at me explaining geography. <laughs> right. I have something to ask that. Yeah. Um, 
now that I think about it, um, I'm guilty of it myself. Mm-hmm. When we were in Germany and we had to come back to America, we didn't have to. My mom wanted to come back to the States. Yeah. She missed her family. And she wanted to come back to the States. Um, and I think there were there were people who had ailments in my family. I think my grandmother um, was sick at the fa- time, my father's mother. And so we were coming back for that. Okay. Um, we, as the children, got together and we heard about this thing called emancipation. Okay. And emancipating yourself from your parents, from our friends who mm-hmm. were not necessarily the skin tone of us, who went to boarding schools and things like that, and we were. I was at the age where it was. It was the either the. It was the decision that you can flip. You can go to school or you can go to like the local school. And when I say go to school, that means you go to boarding school. And mm. all of my friends went to boarding school, so I was excited because I thought I was going to boarding school. Mm-hmm. No, my mother told me within like a few weeks that oh we're going to be going back to the states, and I'm like what the states i'm like but americans are stupid mm-hmm. i literally said that out of my mouth mm-hmm. and she was like look girl you're american like you're yeah. we're leaving <laughs> you know but yeah. when what i knew as my education system i knew five languages at the time i knew german english yeah. french spanish and i was doing sign language so for me that was that was what that's that's what that was and mm-hmm. i knew from just like tv and things like that that americans don't do that yeah that's not what americans do yeah. they're lazy yeah. and so me originally being born in the states however being like more raised there yeah that's how i felt like i don't want to go back there i'm going to yeah. lose all this stuff i know yeah which i did yeah which i did unfortunately however yeah i said that about myself and my family like oh americans are stupid yeah um because that's what the perception that's what's taught that's what's taught um what us as other countries do when we learn when we have education we're serious about our education we're serious about the knowledge and geography and learning about other cultures yeah americans aren't willing to do that so much and it's true yeah americans aren't as willing to learn about other countries and cultures and and traditions the way other countries are um, yeah. outside of the United States. Yeah. Um, so that's what makes it so interesting. Although we're such a melting pot. Yeah. It's, in- it's, it's, it's interesting how that works. So I think that's so important to know that as creatives of a country, like whether you're a musician or a poet, filmmaker, whatever, to make sure that you're telling the right narrative for the people of your country. Like make sure that you are presenting your country in the way that it truly is because that plays a big role people watch stuff on tv and they're like well this is how america is or well this is how south africa is or this is how trinidad is and so it's so important you don't realize it but you do as a creative have that responsibility and if you're like flashing money and rapping and you know whatever and people like oh that's all america is about there's nothing else but there's so much more yeah you know so many different states with so many different cultures too yeah Yeah. so much yeah is it my turn to pick a question? Yes, it's yours. Let it be good. Let it be good. Ooh, food. <laughs> what would you say is the most popular dish in your country? <laughs> doubles. Our street food. Okay. Everybody <laughs> likes doubles. <laughs> so, 
Doubles is um, a curry dish. Okay. So, as the name suggests, there's two parts of it. We call it bara. The bara is made from flour with curry, turmeric, and spices in it, local spices. Okay. Like shadobeni. Shadobeni is closely related to, in this country, um, cilantro. Okay. Um, and then other spices that you guys would know, stuff like cilantro, a little bit of salt, black pepper, and all these other little things. Pepper and thing. So you make the bar, you knead it, you knead the flour, and it's um, you knead it soft, like if you're making a pastry. Okay. And you separate it into little balls. You press the balls flat so they make a bake. But okay. the bake is like very flimsy. And then you deep fry it, right? Mm. And when you fry it, it puffs up. Okay. Yeah, I think you have to add a little yeast in there too and baking powder. So it puffs up, right? Yeah. You take that out and you put that aside in your wax paper and you wrap it up nice. Then for what we call the inside is like the talcari. Okay. What you guys up here would call gravy. Okay. Um, you have curry chickpeas, mm. right? Simmered down and all these different local spices. Yeah. And it's like boiled down until the chickpeas is nice and soft, but they're still solid. They're not mashed up. Okay. And then with that, you make, um, they call it here tamarind, but we pronounce it as tambran. So okay. you have tambran sauce, okay. which is the fruit tamarind, mm -hmm. and you like sauce it down with water, again, more local spices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you'll have cucumber, cucumber. Grated, put a little pepper and salt on that. You have your hot pepper made from either Congo pepper from home or the scorpion pepper, which was the hottest pepper on earth for a while. Scorpion. You make a pepper sauce out of that. And you have also what is called kuchela. Kuchela, it has this spice. It's kind of like a jira. Okay. And all these foods we got from, it's a mixture of the people that were dropped on the island. Okay. African spices, Indian spices, and it's meshed together and it's make something that it made something that is intrinsically chinbegonian. Oh. There's nothing like it on it. So you have the bara, when you go, you always get it outside. You don't sell doubles in a store, right? It's always a man or a woman with a styrofoam cooler box and you have your bara and thing in there and you come and you're like, I want three doubles. And with such rapid accuracy they will put their hand in there and they take out one bar and they slap the china on it and then they give you some some kuchin and they give you some tambra and they give you some cucumber and thing and they put the next bar on it and they wrap it up fast in paper and they hand you before you know it in your face <laughs> and your whole self just feel like you've been raptured <laughs> it's so good and oftentimes this is like a thing home yeah there's always tell the doubles man Give me three doubles with slight pepper. They don't know what slight pepper is. Them just just throw pepper. And the pepper does be so hot sometimes. It's like a joke on your face burning here, but you will not stop eating the doubles. The doubles is just so good. And everybody like doubles, you know? It doesn't matter where people come from. Every time I bring somebody home and I, I introduce them to this, they're like, let me go and get that thing that we buy yesterday from the man by the side of the road. So in the morning, it's usually you eat it in the morning. When you wake up, you go outside, you find your doubles, man, and you get your doubles, and then you find your coconut, man, and you get your coconut water straight from the nut. Oh. Breakfast at champion. <laughs> so, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Wait, okay, so what is the similarity from the double and a roti? Roti now. 
So both curry, different flavor. Mm. Roti you're making home, you're making it in your pot. Mm. The roti have chana, but mm. you also have to, when you're making the tartary for the roti, you also have potato right. that you stew down with it. Mm. More spices. And the outside of the roti, you have to put dal in it. Dal in English. Split peas. Mm. Right? Mm. You grind up the split peas. With the split peas, you can add some cumin, some jeera powder and everything. When you grind up that split peas and thing, you have your flour that's already kneaded. You put the grind up split peas inside the flour and you wrap it up. So when you roll it out, the split peas become part oh, of the yeah, roti okay. skin. The outside mm. of the roti, we call the mm. roti skin. Mm. The talcari that you didn't make separate now is potato and chana and you could also make a meat on the side so some people like veggie roti mm. the potato and chana they're gonna make some pumpkin you grate up the pumpkin and you stew it down with three mm. spices you're gonna have bodhi bodhi is split peas mm. no not split peas string beans sorry mm. okay right you cut up your, your string bean you add some curry to that and you sauce that down too you could have um baji baji is here the taro leaves mm -hmm. like the elephant ear right, yeah we call it dashing bush home mm -hmm. okay. you stew that down nice to it you could add some pork to that some pork foot and then with the meats you could have chicken you could have shrimp you could have fish you could have duck you could have goat you could have lamb mm -hmm. you could have all of that in a roti mm -hmm. or you could have none of that in, in a roti here Guys, so here's here's what I'm struggling with, right? I think Elvira is like a good deception point because when we're having dinner, this girl's like, I don't cook, I've never cooked. And now she's like using hand motions, she's using her hips, and she's like, you throw this spice and this. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Trinidad is music, laughter, and food. We love to eat, we love to drink, and we love to make noise. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many popular dishes. Like, when I saw that question initially, yeah. I was like, how am I going to just narrow it down to one? And yeah. I thought, I was like, I'm going to have to give them two, the doubles and the rotis. But we also, we have pilau, and then we have curry duck, and then we have stew, fish and provision. Yeah. Then we have soup. Oh, God, we have so much thing. We have curry conks, we have wild meat, iguana, alligator tail. Ooh. monkey there's so many dishes on the island you can't go through it we have breakfast selections smoke herring salt fish dumpling oh god yeah. it's just too much i'm already i've never been there but i'm like all these flavors you had me at spices like I like uh -huh. well spiced food. Mm. I'm like, yeah. just throw it in there. Don't be yeah. scared. Yeah. Add that chili, yeah. add those leaves, bring up the life in the food. Mm. I don't want no dead Caribbean <laughs> people on a whole, Trinidadians especially. There's salt and black pepper. Some people don't even cook with salt. Yeah. Yeah. We just throw all different kind of things and we don't really use the dust. I just call it the dust, the dry seasoning. Yeah. Everything fresh. Mm -hmm. We have yeah. small leaf time, big leaf time. Basil, oregano, shadow benny, cilantro, all mm -hmm. kind of different things that you put. And these people at home know how to tweak the flavors that every dish just tastes different. Our doubles don't taste like a roti, but they're made from the same it's thing. Same. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Lots of garlic. I think we'll let 
Alvira take that question. Yeah. She kind of does that. Like, <laughs> that was Sorry, South Africa. Like, yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> like, in between Europe and, and the United States, uh, they just steal something from everyone else. So, yeah. We're gonna, and, and when she said that, I was like, oh, they make my mouth water think of a roti. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you have a roti, they always say, you have to put your fingers and you mush and you fill around in it because you you know you never know what you're getting in a roti. <laughs> if you buy on the side of a roll, you go like I like I I go to like little islands and things, and when you go, you have like the most amazing experiences. I'm a foodie, so yeah. you have the most amazing experiences with food. However, yeah, if you have like allergies or you or you just don't eat certain things yeah. then some things aren't the things to buy from the the people on the side of the road although they'll be the most amazing things you've ever eaten mm-hmm. yeah you better put your th- what he said he said he said oh you gotta finger your food because if you don't finger your food and you don't break that down with your fingers and i'm because of the countries and places i've lived I, most often do i eat i eat with my hands okay uh sorry um, you know, black Americans, I know y'all, you know, we want our forks and our knives and our spoons. I don't eat a lot of American food. Mm-hmm. So even, so because of just all the cultures I've been um, exposed, exposed to, I don't, I don't like American food. <laughs> I don't, it's I don't like, like American food. It's just favorite. like over salted yeah. and it's not necessarily always seasoned, um, right? Seasoned with fresh season. Yeah. So, um, I don't necessarily take kindly to a lot of American food. However, some other variations of certain things I do really enjoy, like mm-hmm. like the greens and different things like that. I love a lot of Caribbean food, um, African food, yeah. um, West African, South African, yeah. um, and a lot of Italian foods. But then I pulled away from that because of all of the pastas and things like yeah. that. Um, I'm a person where... Give me some cassava leaf and pandariam and I'm, that is my life, you know, like, yeah. like that is, I'm like, just leave me with that all week and I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah. as she was saying, like you play with your food, finger food or you get food from somebody on the side of the road. I remember one of my friends coming to my house, one of the few friends my mother allowed in the house. Mm-hmm. That's another culture thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Spike, come here, come in the kitchen. Yeah. Taste this. Not offering him with her hands, shoving it in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> she assaulted the man. Excuse me, ma'am. Sorry. She <laughs> assaulted the man. And then she's like, it's nice, eh? And he's there. Mm, chopping his little gums. But that is how Caribbean people and Trinidadians are. Yeah. They, they don't give you an option yeah. to not taste. They, yeah, right. they will just shove it in your mouth. But then... You're grateful. Yeah. Your eyes pop out your head because the flavors attack you and it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the hand eating, though. It's a big thing in South Africa. We have a starch called bop, and the best way to enjoy it is with your hands. Yes. Just, like, go in, dig in. Yeah. But what I do want to say is, dear Americans, do not be afraid to slap some meat on the barbecue. We call it a braai. Mm. Like, when someone invited me to a barbecue here, they're like, yeah, we're going to just, like, put some hot dogs and stuff. Mm. I was like, okay. Maybe they'll put me, and it was just like hamburgers and hot dogs. And I was like, what? Just slap the lamb chop on there. Oh, yeah, throw yeah. some spices, yeah. throw some onions, make it tasty. We call them yeah. Brian. It's like South Africa's best way to get together with friends, get right. drunk. We were just talking You're about right. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, the only, um, I'm not going to say the only place, the most common place you'll find something like that 
in America is the, the South. South. Yeah. <laughs> is the South. You okay. get that hot water cornbread, you'll get some greens. Okay. And you have to have you will have you have two you always have two different type of cornbreads. Because hot water cornbread is not it's not like sugary, it's not sweet. Okay. It's um but it's delectable. Okay. <laughs> and then you have the other cornbread that has changed with once introduced to other cultures. That's how I explain it. And it's more sweet, and it's bright, and it's yellow, and it's buttery. Um, and it can be uh, very good. But go down south with some greens or some okra and some uh, cabbage and some some cornbread, some hot sauce. That's all you need. <laughs> Just my paws raised. Yeah. Because <laughs> even coming from Trinidad, I've been exposed to food all over America. And I think I've been lucky because I've been in places where people will cook for me. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate America has a lot of culture in terms of their food. Yeah. It's not just hamburgers and hot dogs. And I'll kill for a good American hot dog or a good American hamburger. Right. But the, the South... The South kicks ass. Yeah. The, <laughs> the South got that lot. Okay, so clearly we love food because we spent a couple of minutes on this question. <laughs> but we're going to keep it going. My turn. Just eat when you go to all these countries right. is all we're saying. What would you say rules or governs your country? Pick one religion or politics. Hmm. hmm. So, South Africa has 86%, I think that's what the number is, for Christianity. Mm. And the government is a mess, like Mm. any African country you can imagine. Um, What governs the country, as in when you are on the streets? I would say religion, Mm. honestly. I do think that even though there are some people still practicing African traditions and rituals, they'll still go to church, mm-hmm. which I often found confusing as a child because I'd say to my grandmother, well, we're here burning incense and slaughtering and offering to the ancestors, but the Bible talks about God's worship. Like, you, you have to have one God. So mm-hmm. which is it? And to her, it was always like, I could be both. Like, I could mm-hmm. have respect for my African culture, mm-hmm. but I could also find peace in knowing that there is an all-knowing God who helps us with something. So I was like, okay. It's pretty cool. But you see a lot of that, but you also see a lot of clash. There are people who are strictly religion. Yeah. So when you do go to cultural activities where meat has been slaughtered and you're requesting guests eat with hands or they partake in some of that ancestral offering, people are like, yeah, well, you know, my church, we don't. And it's mm-hmm. like... and. That's one of the things that I do want to say, like Hawaii has allowed me the freedom to exercise my traditional cultures freely, you know, and Mm -hmm. I I don't feel forced to go to a church. I can open a Bible if I want to, but it's not like there's some judgment if I don't or if I don't participate in any kind of religion for that matter. So I would say Trinidad, it's balanced. It's both. Yeah. Because we are very political. We generally have two political parties. Mm-hmm. And um, they, like most governments, are mostly corrupt. <laughs> and they play with people's lives. Yeah. They steal most of our money. Don't really put it back into the country. Mm. You know, um, there's not a lot of infrastructure. There's not as much as there should be, I would mm-hmm. say. Because Trinidad used to be very rich because we had oil. Mm-hmm. But it's not put back into the country. It lines the pockets of politicians. Mm-hmm. 
But people, everyone would agree, there's not a nation on earth that prays like Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And we have, when I was growing up, we had three major religions, Hinduism, Christianity, and Islam. Mm-hmm. Everybody intermingle, everybody intertwine. In school, you are taught about all the major religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you, even if you're not taught from your teachers, which you are, you're taught because on this side of you is a Muslim mm-hmm. and on this side of you is a Christian mm-hmm. and you're a Hindu. So I knew mm-hmm. from young, don't offer milka beef, mm-hmm. don't offer Saeed pork. Right. <laughs> and um, they wish me Merry Christmas and they'll give me a gift. But I have to tell them Eid Mubarak and Happy yeah. Diwali yeah. and light a dia for them. Mm-hmm. And we all pray. We go to our mosques. We go to our mandirs. We go to our church. We are a nation of people that pray. Mm-hmm. We always respect each other's beliefs. Mm-hmm. You don't ever talk down somebody else's religion. You don't say something like, oh, but your God have all these hands and your God is like this and mm-hmm. there's only one. No, mm-hmm. you have respect for people because you've been playing with them mm-hmm. since you were three years old. Yeah. You married them. Mm-hmm. They're your best friend. Mm-hmm. You play yeah. pool with them, mm-hmm. you know? I, that's what I love about home. Mm-hmm. We intermingle and we have respect. Mm-hmm. And I, when I came here, it broke my heart because the United States have all these people from all over the place. And I mm-hmm. learned about so many more religions and belief systems over here. And people can't just respect each other. Mm-hmm. They just can't understand how... You could believe in this and I could believe in this and we could still love each other. Mm. People used to ask me, how come your best friend is a Muslim, covers from head to toe, and you sitting next to her in a tongue bikini? Mm. I'm like, what does her Islam have to do with me? And what does me showing off have to do with her? She respects me that I don't believe the same thing and I respect her. She's my sister. You know? So beautiful. Yeah, it is. That's definitely something. Um, I was raised differently. Um, my biological father is of Islam. Okay. So and then my mother, she she grew up. They grew up together. Okay. So there was a time where she practiced Islam, and however her her parents were originally Christian. Okay. Um, when she had us as children, she never she never made us choose. Okay. She just allowed us to listen. This was a Quran. This is the Bible. Here. You get both. Mm. You get to read both. Mm. Read them. That's all. She she didn't she didn't say you have to do this or you have to go left, you have to go right. Yeah. You're going to hell, you're not going to hell. She didn't. Mm. She was just like, because she had been exposed to more than one religion. So mm. she just wanted us to be exposed to as much as possible. Mm. We find our own truth. And within her not hindering us. Um, I believe a lot of us, her children, um, the children she's taking care of, because a lot of them weren't hers, <laughs> that she didn't birth them, however. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just like how your friends, I, I was raised with uh, Catholics mm-hmm. and Islam mm-hmm. and Buddhist. So I didn't, I didn't know anything was wrong with it. Like I didn't know that there was, until we came back stateside, I didn't realize that it could be an issue. It could be an issue. Yeah, I had no idea it was an issue until people would question me about things. And I'm like, 
what do you mean? And they're like, because I pray, I prayed in different languages. Mm. So okay. I would say, you know, like, um, our Father in Heaven, accept the things for this food, oh man, those who prepared. And I'd be like, Bismillah, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, huh? I didn't know it was wrong. Like, I didn't know anything was wrong with it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I used to just, I used to pray. I used to say certain things, Mm -hmm. depending on what prayer I was praying, Mm -hmm. depending on what language I would say it in. And that Mm -hmm. was just that. And Mm -hmm. I I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was interesting to me to uh, then get a little older in the States and hear people, hear Christians talk about Catholics and the way they would talking about oh they worship mary and the rosary and i'm like no that's not that's not what that is i'm Mm -hmm. like the rosary is just to remind you of all the prayers it's how people remembered the prayers that's they don't worship mary that's not what that is Mm -hmm. and then they'd be like oh well oh they cover up in their muslim and i'm like whoa pause they're arabic they practice islam say it correctly you know and i was the one always like I wasn't trying to be combative, but just because I had understanding, mm. I wouldn't allow these of my friends to say something negative about this friend because I understood what that was. Mm. And I was just like, they were like, oh, well, what side do you choose? I was like, I choose no side. Mm. There's not fight me. Side. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. fight me, beat me, you know, yeah. <laughs> got a problem with it, you know? <laughs> and it was just like, I was, I was given that confidence to be okay with that. And, um, and I learned so much and so much truth yeah. because if you want to sit down and just like read the Torah, the Quran, the Bible, a lot of the stories are the same, guys. The, the Abrahamic you know? religion, yeah, they like, all came from one. A lot of them, literally, you just change the name, but it's the exact same story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I was okay with that. I was okay with learning that. And it was so fascinating to me to find out about uh, the Christos and, you know, just different religions and the way it worked. And I was just like, I I remembered being the child who questioned, was like, wait, it says the same thing in the Torah. It says the same thing in the Quran. It says the same thing in the Bible. Mm. And they were just like, oh, but it's not. And I'm like, why Mm. not? It's just the name is different, but it is Mm. the same thing. And so I was like that problem child, I guess, yeah. <laughs> because I did way. that. Yeah. yeah, in a good way. Um, however, my mother never punished me for that. She was just always like, good yeah. job. Yeah. You know, she was just like, yeah, don't let them tell you anything. Yeah. Question it, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I was okay with me because I wasn't shunned for, for, for having a, a perspective yeah. or questioning something or wanting to know more information uh, for understanding. Mm. So, yeah, I was blessed in that way. Yeah. I will say that's what I kind of appreciate about our generation that we're, we seem to have a little bit more tolerance than the older generations would. Like South Africa too has the Indians and you know a bunch of other religions. We have mosques and schools mm-hmm. on Friday close a little bit earlier so mm-hmm. they can go for prayers right. and things. And so there's accommodations shops will close too so that they can go for prayers. But I think our generation is a little bit more tolerant than previous generations. And I look at it from my grandmother's side. I'm like, well, you know, when you go through apartheid, apartheid, we say, apartheid, the world says, when you go through that, you sort of have a certain bitterness with everything, you know, like 
you had everything taken away from you. So the one thing that could be celebrated, you're like, no, but it's still wrong because this and this and this and this and this. So I see more of that freedom coming through. And it's beautiful that your mom lets you do that because people say to me, well, you have the Bible, you have a Buddhist statue and whatever. What are you going to tell your kids? I'm like, what am I supposed to tell them? I mean, it's their freedom to explore whatever they want to. Mm -hmm. And if they ever feel we need to go to a mosque, hey, we'll put on our shoes, we'll go to a mosque. If they feel like we need to go to a church, we'll go to the church and sing praises. But I'm not going to say this one thing is correct because I'm on an adventure too. I'm learning. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if what I'm doing is right. So Mm -hmm. if they find a path that they think works for them, honey, let's go to church. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the mosque. Pretty cool. I like that. I like that it's possible. Your mom tells me it's possible. Yeah. It's, it's so possible. It's yeah. so possible. That's my intention. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like I said, I, pray in, I just pray in a few different languages. Yeah. So, you know. Teach just them mantras. Right. Teach yeah. them psalms. Mm-hmm. You know. Teach I them learned, all. I knew psalms. Um, I knew about uh, manifestation. Yeah. Um, where technology meets spirituality. Crystals. Mm. With prayer. Um, I was told by certain certain churches that I went to, oh, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the devil's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had family members and people who, um, what they would consider, what people would consider black magic, which black, it's titled black magic to put a negative connotation on mm-hmm. what is not, what we did not teach you. We taught mm-hmm. you Christianity. If it's not Christianity, it's black magic. Yeah. Um, so whether it was prayers or mantras or music and drums, mm. that was considered black magic. Mm. And all that was originally was just the African prayer. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, so yet the Africans were told that they were evil mm. and they were. So it was so many of those mm. things that um, my mom wasn't willing to allow me to be consumed by. Yeah. Um, like I, I watched Roots. When I was a child, very, very young mm-hmm. child, I didn't see that first in school. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that at home first. Yes. I was taught certain things like that at home first. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when, because we were traveling family, mm-hmm. and when I went to different countries, I was presented different things. Mm-hmm. So um, she never shunned us. However, um, I find it so interesting the way people will fight Mm. And it's more of the traditions of the religions, mm. not the, not the spirituality at all. Mm. It's never the spirituality. It's always the tradition of religion, mm. and that's what becomes combative with people. Um, and I'm glad that I never had to really be. I I didn't have to choose, and it allowed me to see how everything was so connected mm. and everything was so similar to each mm. other towards so I can have a conversation with um I can go to a masjid I can go to a Baptist church and a Catholic church mm. and um I can go to a temple and I not feel uncomfortable mm. or feel like I'm going to hell because <laughs> because I put on a kimar just to be respectful when I walked into the Dimash. Oh, so this hell thing. We gotta be part of the hell story. <laughs> oh, it's my yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. What would you like for people to know about your country? Hmm. Mm. We're nothing that you think. Mm. 
America is nothing that people ever think. Mm. It's so opposite and it's so many pieces to it. Mm. And it's so beautiful in so many ways. It mm. is the melting pot. Um, it does have so many cultures and so many religions and so many types of people. And those people are not fighting with each other all the time and they're not always angry. A lot of those people love each other. A lot of those people are connected. A lot of those cultures have mixed mm. so many different times. Um, and I and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I have I have Jamaican and and Honduran friends. Mm. They're like their father's Jamaican, their mother's Honduran. It's like, ooh, that's a beautiful mix. You know, or just like <laughs> yeah. or like I you have like just like African and then African American mm. people have come together and I'm like, oh you guys are so beautiful or your mm. skin is so gorgeous or mm. um Asian mixes with um Hispanic mixes or like mm. African mixes. Um there's so many different types of mixes in so many types of generations. Mm. Um, and everyone is not fighting. Mm. I feel like a lot of people think that America is just it's crumbling. Mm. <laughs> and um, everyone is fighting. Or they're, they're balling. They're either mm. ballers, homeless, or they're fighting. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, it's not much in between. Like, mm. those are usually the, the story of it. Yeah. Um, and not so. Mm. There's so many people in between. There's so many um, educators, business owners, um, people who come together, revolutionaries, leaders, teachers. Um, mm. And that's not, that's not what people see mm. on the, in the media. Um, and as far as your, everything's not as peachy and cream that people think it is in Europe. When it comes to black people, people think, oh, it's so, there, there isn't racism, there isn't this, there isn't that. And yes, there is. Mm. It's so much, the things that other, other places um, see so much, they don't necessarily see it so much about Europe. Mm. However, it, it, it can be, um, it can be rough. Certain mm. areas, it can be rough. There is racism. There is ugliness. Mm. Um, and oftentimes it's either overlooked or not necessarily talked about um, because of so many of the mixes. Mm. Um, there's a lot of mixes of people um, because of past that was illegal other places. People would you know flock to like European mm -hmm. countries because it we, we, they weren't being killed if they mixed, you know, or they had uh, mm -hmm. biracial couples, things of that nature. So, um, however, that doesn't mean it's, it's not existent. What I want people to know about Trinidad, <laughs> we are responsible for almost all of the music that people have now. Mm -hmm. People don't realize Calypso and Soka is the grandfather of all modern music that came out of the Caribbean and the Americas. Mm. Soka started in the 1800s mm. when we first started having carnival. Calypso and Soka started because we were emancipated. The French came over 
and they taught us about parading in the street. Mm -hmm. And to celebrate our freedom, we took to the streets. But the children of slaves, we always make noise. Mm -hmm. We always make rhythm. We always rhyme. And even though our languages from all the different places we were picked up had meshed together and we had to mm. pick up words that were in English and Spanish and Dutch and French and we had mm. to shove those things together and learn how to speak differently and that's where my accent comes from. Mm. We started putting it to drums and to bass mm. and we turned to saxophone and flute and eventually steel pan came. Mm. And out of Soka, a man from Trinidad, he went to Jamaica and he started influencing them. And Jamaicans said they wanted something that was a little slow and a little groovy. And out of that came reggae. Mm -hmm. And then the children of the soca and the reggae, they came to the U.S. And out of that came hip-hop. Mm -hmm. And that's what birthed all this lovely music. Mm -hmm. People don't know, though. Mm -hmm. They think these things just came from the air. Mm -hmm. We planted the seed. I want people to know that Steel Pan is from Trinidad and Tobago, not the Bahamas, not Jamaica, mm -hmm. not talking about anything these other islands have created. Soca, Calypso, Steel Pan, it comes from Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. And we are happy that we are your grandfathers. <laughs> we do not take anything away from reggae. Because reggae grew up and got bigger mm -hmm. than Soca and Calypso. Mm -hmm. People know reggae before they know us. Mm -hmm. And we're not vexed. We're not sad. We're yeah. proud. Mm. You're our child. Mm. And we are happy. And we love it. <laughs> but I just want people to know so that, that they can have that respect. Soka mm. is a very, very old child. Mm. Very old soul. Mm. And it is so beautiful. <laughs> <sighs> so, it's hard to think about what I want people to know about South Africa without thinking about what I want people to know about Africa. Mm. In South Africa, there's a term that's called Ubuntu. And easily translated into English, it means humanity. But it goes deeper than that. Our people are our soul. And when you watch the movie Blood Diamond, when the guy's mm. dying and he holds the sand in his hand and he says, do you know why the soil on the African continent is red? It's because it's got the blood of the people in it. And so Africa is home. And it's hard to explain, but until you get onto the continent and you interact with the people and you watch African soul and spirit on the go, you finally realize, what have I been doing all my life? Mm. I should have just been coming home mm. to enjoy all this food, all these funny people, the music, the carefree, the love the love, so much love because so much wrong has been done on the African continent. The Chinese came in, the British, the Europeans, different people have been meddling with Africa, but it's still got so much love to give to the rest of the world. And they're interested. They're like, welcome. Where do you come right. from? What can we do for you? Here's some food. Here's a home. Right. Are you okay? And so I want people to know that it's not just animals. Yeah, the animals are great, but there is so much love on the African continent. And I've never experience that kind of love anywhere else on the days where i'm most homesick i'm like man to just be on the african continent yeah. under the african sun it's healing yeah. it's therapeutic it's life-giving 
Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Let's see, what are we doing for time? I think our time has stopped, but it is what it is. <laughs> okay. So, ooh, after we jump out of love, we get into challenges. What are some of the challenges facing your country? And I could speak for months and years. Um, vermicide, the blatant murder of women and children, crime, politicians stealing money that could really change the lives of people who absolutely need it. They could end poverty if they stopped stealing. Um, so many things, so many things. Um, my biggest one will always be vermicide. I'm passionate about livelihood of women and children it is my life mission to keep talking about it until something is done and to keep finding resources to help the people who are in those kind of situations and to kind of bring it to an end I don't know if there'll ever be an end to it because it's mixed up with tribalism it's mixed up with societal pressure it's mixed up with western culture it's Mixed up with so many things, misogyny, systematic racism, so many things are affecting women and children in my country. And it's heartbreaking. Mm. It's heartbreaking. Um, Charlize Theron, a South African actress, did a video in 2000, just the year 2000 actually, raising awareness. And in that video, she says every seven minutes, a woman or a child is being killed in South Africa. Mm. And that number's gone up to three hours. Every three hours, a woman or a child's being murdered. So we've made some progress, but not enough. Right. I would say for Trinidad and Tobago, colorism and classism. And I experienced it when I went back home too. I was um, involved with a guy that was a farmer. It ended very badly. Mm. And when I was talking to my niece about it, my niece that she only visited the U.S., but she carried on her life in Trinidad after I left. And she was like, she was like, didn't you expect this to happen? You came from the States. You were in the army. You are a successful woman. What are you doing with a farmer? Mm. I'm like... He seemed to be an, a kind, honest man making a living. He wasn't robbing anyone. He wasn't stealing. Mm. She's like, yes, but people like us don't date people like that. Mm. And I said, what is wrong with a farmer? Mm. She's like, you don't understand here. She's like, I am a teacher. That is a high-paying government job. I don't date outside of that. People who are tellers in banks, teachers hairdressers, people who make money mm -hmm. don't date outside of that realm. You have to date within your class. Mm. You can go in and out of classes if you are high color. The closer you are to white, the brighter your eyes, the lighter your skin, the straighter your hair. Mm. The more you are like a Caucasian, you are allowed up a class. Mm. So I am in a higher class now, even though I'm dark-skinned, because I'm successful. Mm. But if I had stayed home 
and I didn't join the army or I didn't become a teacher, if I just decided to stay on my mother's land and farm, mm -hmm. I would not be able to date a policeman or a teacher or an army man because mm -hmm. I would not be as beautiful or as educated as I am. I would not be on their level. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It was very shocking mm -hmm. to me. I was not aware of it, even though I am from the island. Mm. It was a reality check. Mm. Mm. Do you think that you would, even after having that experience, still date someone from a lower class or not? I was kind of disgusted that my niece, who I admired and actually would go to for advice often... Mm was saying that mm. because I viewed it as a form of bigotry. Mm -hmm. But it's a social norm at home. Mm. It's not something that I could get with. Mm. And even after that, as I moved around the island, I met people, I met a beautiful young man mm. on the beach. Every day he was there. As soon as the sun rose, mm. he pulled out his beach chairs, he aligned them, he put up his umbrellas, and he would meet tourists and other people on the beach. And he would rent chairs to them. Mm -hmm. And every day he was there making his honest living. And every evening he would go into the country, feed his dogs. And he would work on his house that he was building. Mm -hmm. And the man was kind. He offered me advice on how to move as I was reacclimating to the society down there. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me different things that I should or should not be doing mm -hmm. in terms of people, with the money, business. Mm -hmm. He was very educated, mm -hmm. even though he was a beach bum, as you would say. Mm -hmm. I would have no problem dating him. Mm -hmm. But if I were to bring him home, my family would say, you're doing this again? Mm -hmm. You're with another bum? Honest man, wake up early in the morning, making an honest living, not taking advantage of anyone. Mm. He still would not be worth me because of how he's making this honest living. Mm. That breaks my heart. Mm. Because it doesn't matter if you're a good person. Mm. It matters what you make. Mm. On the flip side of that, I met a police officer. Guy was on my WhatsApp every day, wanted to come see me, wanted to hang out, wanted to take me out. Turns out he was married. Mm. He, the content of his character was garbage. Mm. To me, he was a cockroach in a cesspit. Mm. I would always pick the beach boy over the police officer. Mm. But if I brought the police officer home, who was also of Indian descent... He was from the indentured laborers. So he was more from that race, mm. the Asian race. My family would be happier. Mm. He was lighter skin, straighter hair, good job. But he wasn't honest mm. like the dark skinned boy on the beach. Mm. He wasn't doing things with integrity. Mm. So look at who they would choose and look at who I would choose. That is heartbreaking to me because I want people to be judged by how they treat you, by their actions, mm -hmm. by their heart, and whether or not that heart is pure, mm -hmm. and not because they have a good job. Mm 
Consumerism mm-hmm. and materialism. It's messing mm-hmm. up a lot of places and people yeah. and values and what's important and what's not important. Definitely. Temple, let's not take away from um, you. I definitely say classism and racism mm-hmm. are the, the biggest challenges um, mm-hmm. for the state side. Um, actually, at this point, that's the same. It's the same thing on the Europe side, European side as well. Um, you can't live in certain areas. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to live in certain areas. Um, and when I say allowed, technically, you can find your way there. However, it may be a struggle to be able to buy a house in that in that area, or um, once you have bought in that, once you have brought in the house. Um, there will be people in the area who will give you issues mm. to try to uh, want you to leave. Um, and definitely racism. Racism is a huge issue um, where there's always been racism. <laughs> racism never went anywhere. Mm. It's, it is being more televised. Mm. It is being shown a lot more. Mm. It is heartbreaking and it is um, numbing for some. To see someone die in front of you constantly. Mm. We can see someone literally die on our phone. A new person every week on our phone being killed by, while being recorded. That is a lot to take on mm. constantly. And especially in this day and age where there's a pandemic, mm. there's a lot of people being stuck in their homes, so they have nothing to do yet. They're on their phones. So that is the news that they're receiving. Mm-hmm. That's the um, information and anything social that they're receiving mm-hmm. are people dying. People who may or may not look like them. Depending on how you feel and or who you're connected to, um, it may or may not hurt you as much. Mm-hmm. Yet everyone can see it. And so for a childhood... To see that on a regular basis. It's like learning. It's like playing uh, video games. Killer video games early on. Mm-hmm. It numbs you to um, the feeling of holding a gun to someone's head. Shooting it. Pulling the trigger. Being okay with it. Seeing blood being shed. Not being disgusted mm-hmm. by it. Your stomach not being turned by it. Um, mm-hmm. You not having emotion behind it. It being normalized. Yeah. Um even from the slightest things of the pain, I've had issues with just being checked for my temperature. Mm. I'll ask, can you please read my wrist and not my head? There's been some people who are uneducated mm. who would say, that's not an accurate read. Actually, it's the most accurate read. Mm-hmm. However, because they're afraid of what someone would say or they're uneducated about readings, uh, the posts, all of those type of things, um, they can sometimes even cause a scene, mm-hmm. which is um, frustrating when someone who may not look like me mm-hmm. can ask the same thing and it be um, that request be be granted, um, which is which is frightening, upsetting, frustrating. Living in America, being black and living in America is frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's painful. It's angering. It's all of those things. Um, plus that feeling of wanting to just escape. Mm. So now living in Hawaii mm. 
and having to hear stories about people from my neighborhoods, my old neighborhoods. At times I'm like, whew, I'm glad I'm no longer there. Mm -hmm. And in that same breath, my heart breaks because I'm like, but my niece is there. Mm -hmm. My sister's there. My brother's there. My mother's there. My father's there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't save everyone and you, and you want to do something mm -hmm. about it, but what do you do? What do you do when you, you see someone you went to school with literally get murdered on TV? What do you do? Mm -hmm. In your neighborhood, mm -hmm. what do you do? Two blocks away from your sister and your brother and your nieces and your nephew, who you know play outside, and they got mm -hmm. shot. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So it's just like, um, these are some of the issues. And, and the question is, you know, I don't know, what, what can we do about it? I, I don't know. However, these are these are troubling issues and these are issues that we're facing every day. It hasn't this is a cycle though. Mm -hmm. This this is a cycle. It, the early 1900s, you know, um back in my mom 19 the 70s. Mm -hmm. It was it was the same cycle that we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And then a little before that was another cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was the exact same thing that we're doing right now, fighting for the right to be considered human, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. And why is it only black people have to be have to fight to be considered human? Mm -hmm. It's like what? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I would say we face as um, African Americans. Such a good conversation. So here we are, one hour six minutes in, and. Um, my timer didn't go off, so I sincerely apologize. Siri was like, you know what? Three powerful black women in a room say what? What a timer. <laughs> so, okay. Any final words? Things that are in your heart? I just want you guys to share what's in your heart. We've been answering a lot of questions tonight. Right? <laughs> um, I would say, since we were focusing on country, we have this saying, Trinidad and Tobago is the greatest island on earth. After traveling, I must agree, it is. It is one of the blessed places on earth, the best and the most blessed places on earth. I invite everyone that I meet, come, <laughs> call me, text me. We will organize a trip. I will take you. Christmas is a whole event down there. Carnival, <laughs> you must experience Trinidad and Tobago Carnival. It is the greatest show on earth. You have to come and feel the warmth of the people. We are more soothing and loving and warmer than the sunshine itself. Mm -hmm. We are happy people. We are welcoming. We love foreigners. We love accents. We love different cultures and other foods. And we always want to show you what we have. We always want to play music. We always want to feed you. We always want to give you alcohol. We will make you dance whole night. And when the sun rises and you think we're going home, we're going to another party. <laughs> We will take you to the beach. We will cook there with you. You will get dunk in the water. You will climb a waterfall. There is just so much to see. Our little twin island, we are so full. And we just love to overflow on everybody. Come and experience this beautiful place and these beautiful people. Ooh.
We need a ticket, Temple. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, quarantine, so pandemic, I'm, let's go. All you're going. If we have to go in, not going, all you're going. At some point, we will be on the street of Trinidad and Tobago, jumping up with our plumes on our head to soca music with a drink in our hand. All you think, all you're getting away, all you can't get away. <laughs> I'm with that. So, if I had plans for Christmas, Sorry, whoever's listening, I'm no longer coming for Christmas. I'm gonna get going to go to Trinidad and Tobago. I'm gonna be eating black cake and drinking sorrel. I didn't even get into the Christmas food or the Christmas music. So that's I'm definitely there for that. Um, for me, unity, unity, love, royalty, and poetry. Mm. Um, those things have been connectors for for eons and they are still connectors today love connects people poetry connects people mm. unity connects people and I want people to not be afraid of that not be afraid of connecting with someone not being afraid of being you unapologetically mm. and People for, will love you for just that. Mm. And people can see honesty. Mm. And they can see um, who you are for who you are. Mm. So be okay with that. Um, I'm big with being you. Just be mm. you. Whoever you are, the best way you can be. Mm. And be willing to have an open mind about people who are unlike you. Mm. because that is very important people who close themselves off to things um, miss out on so much in the world if they were just willing to try something new that's what I'll say for any and everyone travel as much as you can travel love any and everyone you can love be willing to unify and connect with people because it's amazing and yes peace, love Light and royalty. Kasutubari. Mutu. Kimutu. Kabatu. What that means is we're all connected and no one man is an island. When you see the humanness in yourself, you can see the humanness in others. Seek it out. Give a smile, a hug, dance like no one's watching, and do come to South Africa. It's not just about animals. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys so very much. And the beauty about this episode is that it shows you that you could meet one person, but they can take you to different countries, give you different experiences. So talk to one another. Get off your damn phone and look at the person in front of you at the coffee shop in the grocery store and be like, yo, what's up? Who knows? You might just go to Trinidad. <laughs> focus, guys. These are travel goals. Just focus on the human experience and the humanness in each person that you meet. Ladies, your socials. Let's go. The gentlemen like to go, I'm single, so hit me up on Slide <laughs> into the DM, as they would say. So, 
plug yourselves. There's people from all over the world. I saw Italy was listening to the podcast, and I'm like, hey, nice. Italy, what's nice. going on? Hey, Italy, Italiano. <laughs> um, you can find me at Pulcritudinus Elvira, P U L C H R I T U D I N O U S underscore Elvira. That's on Instagram. If you are in Hawaii and you want to play African drums, Seiku Kamara, when COVID shutdown is over, will restart his classes. Follow me on Instagram, I'll put up the information. If you want to learn to do African dance, it's West African and Congolese. Mm -hmm. We have Iman Tamiko and Ty Hawkins. They also teach in conjunction with Seiku. If you want to learn capoeira, bala, there's uh, CDO Hawaii. Bala teaches that class. He's actually, he's a montage of the world. He's a Japanese man that speaks Portuguese and teaches you a Brazilian, Afro-Brazilian martial art. (laughs) (laughs) So the accent is very, very interesting when he's teaching. Wonderful man, wonderful teacher. And just hit me up, follow me just to get information so we can share experiences. Mm. I am always willing and happy to meet people and to share the beautiful things that I have found in life with them. Mm. I am all about happiness, smiles, and sunshine. So if you see me, smile, and we can start a conversation. (laughs) And we might be friends for five minutes, for 500 years, who knows? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so everything that Elvira is. <laughs> that is so Elvira. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, on Instagram, are um, Temple Divine, the number one. So that's T-E-M-P-L-E, capital D-I-V-I-N-E, the number one. Um, I have Temple Time Tuesdays, which are every Tuesday. Um, that is 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Hawaiian Time, where it's an open mic where people can come and express themselves, whether it's poetry, spoken word, music, song, um, rap, whatever you guys uh, enjoy performing. Um, I have had people from the East Coast, the West Coast, Nigeria, um, Europe who come and perform. So they're definitely coming at different hours and time frames, um, but I'm loving them opening to all, and it's different, all types of age range and different types of people. Um, I'm also one of the curbside victims for Curbside Worldwide. I'm also a poet, um, to divine. I'm a part of the tribe, we the tribe. Shout out to my tribe members, gang, 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 gang. I love <laughs> you guys. Um, um, where we have, it's a believe, it's 11, 11 of us now. Um, poets that um, we travel, we do shows, um, we support each other. Some of them have books and um, apparel and things like that. And we just encourage each other to build on whatever each one of us have. We have singers and we all come together as poets. So I'm part of the tribe as well. Um, when the world opens back up, um, I got to plug my guy, my bro, Z from Baltimore. That is the man with the master plan and my brother. Um, love him to life. Um, we partner up and we do different um, things around the city. 
um, with different poetry events and spoken word events. So shout out to Z from Baltimore. Love you guy. Um, also, I'm sorry guys, I just got so much. <laughs> I have a lot of different things. If everyone just follows me on Instagram, um, you can pretty much get connected with a lot of things that I do. I also do foreign exchange, so um, that is the way I make my living mm -hmm. with the foreign exchange market with I Am Academy. Um, and that's another another group and another tribe that we have that is a lot of um, young um, collectives that get, <laughs> that we make our money with um, the foreign exchange. I also do cryptocurrencies as well with people from other countries, including Nigeria and Japan. Um, so um, that is something I'm into. So if anyone's interested in cryptocurrency and or foreign exchange, please contact me. Hit me up in my DMs. I can tell you more information. Um, I will end it there. <laughs> Everything else you want to know, just contact me in my DMs. I have some TT dollars. You could change that for me. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like doing the hand thing. And I'm like, whoa, this is sounding like an album thing. Like at, at the end where they like, thank you to my producer and all of that. Down the street who inspired the song. The guy that pours my coffee every morning. <laughs> Guys, Temple is a networker yes. and we absolutely appreciate that. That is it from us today. Until then, as always, Maholo Kwe Kyotaba Rbuile. Aloha.